You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hello there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 20 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from Sheepspot.com, where we offer diverse hand-dyed wools and the information and support you need to make beautiful yarns. So today we're going to talk about how the way you think about your spinning affects how you actually spin and, more crucially, how you become a better spinner. And this is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately in a couple of contexts. The first is that I'm getting ready to teach my first online spinning course, Bust Your Spinning Ruts, which is going to be all about getting out of your comfort zone as a spinner and trying new techniques and new fibers. So I've been thinking a lot about the role that mindset plays in keeping us in a creative rut, reluctant to try new things, kind of spinning the same default yarn over and over again. Um, and that class, I should say, is going to start in early May. If you're interested, you should sign up at sheepspot.com slash online classes to get onto the mailing list. The second context in which I've been thinking about this issue of mindset is a graduate class about labor and creativity that I teach at my day job. One of the course requirements for that class is that students have to maintain a creative practice throughout the term, and they get to, you know, pick whatever they want. Um, And they have to devote at least 30 minutes to it four times a week for the course of the semester. So every week in class, we do a little check-in. I do it too. Um, This term, I was just trying to spin more. And every week in class, we do a little check-in and talk about how our practices are going or not going or whatever. Because one of the things, of course, about having any kind of practice is that sometimes you don't do your practice, and that's part of your practice. Anyway, um, another one of the assignments that I have students do in this class is a short paper in which they write autobiographically about their relation to creative failure, either with respect to their practice for the class or in some other context. So alongside this assignment, that that would have been Zora. She wanted to say hi. Alongside this assignment, we talk a lot about failure throughout the class, the failure to actually do the practice we've committed to, specific technical issues that they encounter, and how they feel about being beginners at something. Some of them were doing things that they had done for a long time, and some of them were doing stuff that was completely new to them. So when the failure papers came in this year, I was really struck by the range of relations to failure um, my students had, and by how much impact their ideas about failure had on how much creative work they actually produced, and how they felt about it. So the students who were most apt to judge their own work really harshly, or who had trouble bouncing back from technical challenges they tended to make less than 
those who took failure more in stride, and they tended to feel more ambivalent or even more negative about whatever they did produce. So they saw their failures as failures to perform, basically. Now, uh, the other group of students in the class who saw um, failures as opportunities just to learn and to get better at whatever they were doing, they made more work and they felt better about it. So another way to think about all this is, and this process with my students reminded me of the work of psychologist Carol Dweck, who is a uh, professor at Stanford, and she has identified a distinction you may have heard of between what she calls a fixed mindset and what she calls a growth mindset. And she's written a book about this. It's called Mindset, the New Psychology of Success, and I will put a link to it in the show notes. Um, so folks with what Dweck calls fixed mindsets tend to think of ability as inherent in people. So in other words, you either have it or you don't, whatever the ability is. It might be athletic ability or artistic ability or intellectual ability. Um, so they think that you either have it or you don't. And when they encounter challenges, they tend to see them as failures and they often just stop trying. Folks with growth mindsets, on the other hand, believe that ability can be developed and they see challenges and even really big failures as really nothing other than opportunities to learn more and get better. Now, it's worth saying that it's possible to have a growth mindset about some types of ability and a set mindset about other types. And I've been thinking about this in my own life. I always had a growth mindset about my schoolwork and about my sort of academic ability. Um, I always thought that I needed to that I needed to work at school, even though I had definitely some academic talent. Um, and I came from a family of readers, and I think that also was really important. Um, but I always saw my schoolwork as something that I needed to work hard at. And, and I always thought of it as something that I could get better at. On the other hand, for most of my life, until about 15 years ago, I firmly believed that artistic talent was innate and that I did not have it. I did not have any of it. And it was only when I realized that making things was actually something I could learn about, practice, and gradually get better at that my entire life shift shifted. And if you've already always had that idea about create creativity or artistic talents, um, that it's just something that you need to work hard at, this will seem like you know, duh, Sasha. But I really did not have that understanding of it. I just completely didn't. Um, so these days, I'm really trying to seek out other areas of my life that I think I'm fundamentally not good at, like managing money or committing to do something like this podcast every single week. And I'm kind of trying to prove myself wrong. I haven't 
actually said this on the podcast, but I've committed myself to making a podcast a week for 52 weeks, an entire year. And um, there have been moments when it's been really difficult. But here I am on week 20, I've managed it thus far, and I'm feeling really good about it. And I do feel like my sense of myself as someone who is not good at committing to things, or at least not not good at committing to things on a regular schedule. I feel like that understanding, that self-understanding is starting to shift a little bit. And that seems like a really good thing. So here are my questions to you, just to bring this back to spinning. My first question is, do you in general have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset about your spinning? And second, even if you feel like you have a growth mindset about your spinning overall, and I'm betting you do if you're listening to this podcast, which is basically about getting better at spinning, um, are there parts of your spinning life in which the way that you're thinking is holding you back? So are there things about spinning that you've sort of decided that you can't do or will never be good at? To help you with these questions, I've made a free resource that you can use to find out. It's called Five Mind Shift Shifts, Mindset Shifts that will make you a better spinner. And you can find a link to it in the show notes for this episode at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 20. And like all the resources I make for you, dear listener, it is free with a sign up to my email list. If you're already on the list, don't worry, there will be a link to it in this week's newsletter. Uh, so that link again is sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 20. And uh, that is also where I'll put the show notes for this week's episode. Um, so I think that's it for me this week. If you think you might be interested in my Bust Your Sp- Spinning Ruts class, don't forget to get on the mailing list at sheepspot.com slash online classes. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. I will see you next week. And in the meantime, go spin something.